Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, Valley sports fans. Wake up, everybody. We've got a tip time. Hi, Vinny. Is that like a tea time? Kind of. <laughs> Maybe even better in this case, right? Yeah, they finally got around 5 to 5 p.m. And even better, it's not the late game. I like that. Yes. 5 p.m. works for me. It's a great time for a basketball game. Let the record show the Phoenix Suns played zero home games at 5 p.m. this year. That is correct. Mm-hmm. They played six home games at five on the road that were 5 p.m. Phoenix time. So they played, they, yeah, six games. Looking at my handy dandy notebook here. Six games, <laughs> six games on the road that were, their body clock might have said 5 p.m. They went three and three. Gotcha. Lost the first three, won the last three. How many times did they play at one o'clock? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I didn't care. I did not care. Wow. So 5 p.m. tip time will be a new experience. I hope my body is ready for it. That's all I, I I don't think your body really matters in the, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> to be in quite honest. so many ways, you yeah, have no idea no. what you just said. Bring right, your no, vocal I mean, cords, Vinny. <laughs> right, so I'm excited about that. So we've got something tangible now, right? Yes. We knew it was Sunday, but now we know it's Sunday at 5 p.m. Yes. So the late game is a 10.30 tip, east, 10.30 Eastern time. That's the yeah. game in Denver. Mm-hmm. So that will be a 9.30 tip. In Denver, is that correct? No, eight thirty. Oh, it's two hours. Seven, yeah, that's right. That's Seven thirty right. Pacific, eight thirty Mountain. Okay, I don't feel as bad now. I'm just glad we. I mean, it's still pretty late. I'm just but... glad we avoided that eight thirty. Yeah, no kidding. Because eight thirty stinks. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. I'm very very happy about that. So when I saw that, my my spirits were lifted. That's good. Yes. That's a good way to ease into a Monday morning radio show with a 5 p.m. tip <laughs> That's time. That's all that matters, right? Of course right? it is. We all cheer yes. for ourselves. Yes, self-interest. We all, we all cheer for our own self-interest. That's yes. exactly right. Lauren, filling in for Jared, it's been wonderful having you the last three days. Start the show. <laughs> a splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. A splash. splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, as we just talked about, the uh, the big story on the Suns is we got a tip time, 5 o'clock for Game 1 Suns Clippers uh, on Sunday at Footprint Center, meaning you can hear that game with Al McCoy calling the action, starting with pregame coverage at 4.30 on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. That is a TNT nationally televised game. For game one, uh, the play-in games got started yesterday, and the Los Angeles Lakers claim the seventh seed in the West 
With a 108-102 overtime win over the Minnesota Timberwolves in the 7-8 play-in game, Dennis Schroeder hit a three-pointer with 1.4 seconds left in regulation to put the Lakers up by three, but after a timeout, Anthony Davis fouled Mike Conley on a three-point shot. Conley made all three free throws to force overtime, where the uh, Lakers put it away there. LeBron James had 30 points, Davis had 24 and 15 for the Lakers, who now move on to face the Memphis Grizzlies in a best-of-seven series starting on Sunday. That's going to be a very interesting series. It really is, because I I think the Grizzlies are very, very dangerous, and I think the Lakers are going to come in with all this publicity and all this LeBron swagger, and Lakers didn't look very good last night. I had the same takeaway. Yeah, uh, Minnesota, I thought, played three quarters of really good basketball. When the game got tight, they got tight. And that fourth quarter in overtime was horrific. Yes, uh, yes. And if Anthony Edwards shows up and plays a halfway decent game, Minnesota wins that yeah. game by 10, probably. Yeah, yeah. so I, I wasn't expecting that, but whatever. It, it It's not going to matter a week from now. No. So, so Lakers-Grizzlies have now been secured. So three of the four series now we know in the Western Conference. You know what ESPN told me? What's that? The Grizzlies are now just the next hurdle the Lakers need to cross on their way to the NBA title. <laughs> uh, the Atlanta Hawks surprised the Miami Heat to claim the Eastern Conference 7 seed 116-105. Trey Young had 25 points to lead Atlanta. Clint Capella led a dominant effort on the boards with 21. Uh, tonight we've got the 9-10 matchups in the NBA play-in. In the Eastern Conference it's the Bulls visiting the Raptors. Winner moves on to face Miami for the final spot. Loser goes home. That game gets underway at 4. That'll be followed by the Thunder visiting the Pelicans in New Orleans for the right to take on the Timberwolves for the final Western Conference spot. And again, the loser goes home. The Western Conference game gets underway at 6.30. Uh, Suns associate head coach Kevin Young is on the Houston Rockets radar for their now vacant head coaching position. Young has been on the Suns coaching staff since 2020, has head coaching experience in the G League, also led the Suns for four games last year when Monty Williams entered the NBA's health and safety protocols. Rockets looking for a new boss after uh, they announced they were not bringing Steven Silas did, back next Did season. Monty Williams have anybody, for, did he have a coaching tree before Willie Green? Would Kevin Young be number two, or did he have somebody previously? I believe Kevin Young would be number two. Okay. I was just curious. I don't, I'd have to go back and research what the assistant coaches under him were in his first head coaching stint. Right. But they didn't have a ton of success, and so I can't seem to recall one either. So, whatever. Just curious. Merrill Kelly of the D-backs had a no-hitter going through six innings until Milwaukee shortstop Willie Adamas broke it up with a home run leading off the seventh. The uh, Brewers would go on to score five runs in the seventh. They beat the uh, Diamondbacks seven to one. Corbin Burns was even better than Kelly, allowing just three hits over eight shutout innings. Rubber match of the series goes down today at Chase Field with some weekday matinee action. Dre Jamison getting his first start of the season for the D-backs against Milwaukee right-hander Jansen Junk. He should be a left-hander with a name like Jansen Yeah, how about it, right? First pitch is 12.40 with pregame coverage starting at noon on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Some other baseball notes to pass along in the splash today. The Tampa Bay Rays moved on to 11-0 on the season. They beat the Red Sox 7-2. They're trying to beat the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers and the 82 Atlanta Braves who both started 13-0, which is the record for the best start in Major League Baseball since 1900. 
Ryan Mountcastle of the Orioles homered twice and drove in nine runs to tie a franchise record in the uh, O's win over the A's, 12-8. And Luis Arise hit for the cycle in Miami's 8-4 win over the Phillies. First Miami Marlins player ever to hit for the cycle. 30th year they're mm. around. Are we talking about the dong bong today, by the way? We can. <laughs> hey, Lauren, put your finger over the dump button just to be safe. Thank you. <laughs> that is the ritual the Baltimore Orioles have. It's the rage in baseball. Yes. Everybody's got to have something. Everyone's got to have something. college football. Baseball players are so juvenile. They, they always have to have something goofy like this. <laughs> well, they used to have to entertain themselves. Maybe not so much That's anymore. That's true, because all that time they spent waiting. Yeah. Yes. That's a great point. Chilling. Cardinals up, opened up their offseason strength and conditioning program yesterday at the team's Dignity Health Training Center in Tempe. New head coach Jonathan Gannon addressed the team for the first time as a group, described it as awesome. Quarterback uh, Kyler Murray was at the team facility on Tuesday, but did not do the normal workouts. Of course, he's still continuing his rehab uh, from a torn ACL. Elsewhere in the NFL, according to various reports, Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker Devin White has requested a trade. White was the fifth overall pick in 2019 out of LSU, has been a mainstay on the Bucs' defense ever since at 124 tackles and five and a half sacks last year. It's kind of a big development for the Bucks' defense. Yeah. Uh, Coyotes announced that they'll play two preseason games against the Los Angeles Kings in Melbourne, Australia, September 23rd and 24th. First NHL games ever to be played in the Southern Hemisphere. That's kind of cool. Another record for the Boston Bruins. They beat Washington 5-2 and eclipsed the NHL mark for points in a season with 133. One more than the 1976-77 Montreal Canadiens. And in case you're wondering, Montreal did win the Cup that year. They went 12-2 on their Stanley Cup run. And uh, college baseball, huge comeback for ASU baseball. Luke Hill had five RBIs in the eighth inning alone. The 24th-ranked Sun Devils stormed back from a big deficit to beat GCU 13-10 at Brazel Field. There you go. Okay. A wide-ranging splash yeah. on Wednesday, April 12th. Coming up next, we are inching closer and closer to the beginning of Suns and Clippers. And now you can actually put a time on your calendar. We'll get into all of the latest with that series next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Akchin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Pickley, Vince Morata, Pickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When you go into the playoffs, you know the unknown is going to jump up. But do you have enough ammunition to make up for something that does jump up on you? A couple of years ago, Chris Paul went down, campaign stepped in, and we were still able to hold our own against the L.A. Clippers. So, for me, I feel good about what we have going into the playoffs. And now it's just about, you know, who can persevere and who can stay healthy. That's all I've ever thought about as an athlete. Is like, do I have soldiers with me? And no matter what happens, can we persevere? And do we have the ability to fight through anything? And this team does. And so that's why I'm excited about the playoffs and, and what we have in front of us. Teddy Johnson, Suns analyst, on with Wolf and Luke earlier this week on Arizona Sports, talking about weathering the storm that could come uh, in the playoffs and brings up the historic example two years ago. Suns marched to the finals. There was a lot of potholes mm-hmm. on that path to get yeah. to the finals. Yeah. And you have to, Eddie's right. 
When you need to win 16 games to win a championship, if you've got your eyes on winning that prize, you've got to expect the unexpected and weird stuff to happen. That is a big question. How well are the Phoenix Suns equipped to deal with those things that pop up? I mean, certain things that pop up, and you know know what I'm talking about, If, if a key player goes down, no, nobody's really equipped to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. But it's the other things on the periphery. Uh, how well are they equipped to deal with it? We will find out. I think it's a very, very valid question with a lot of meat on that bone because we don't have a lot of experience of watching this team perform No, no, that's exactly right. The sample size is very limited. It's very encouraging, but it's very limited. It wasn't always smooth. Uh, The endings all turned out well as when in the games that KD played. Uh, But I do think that there are some, there's going to be some weirdness uh, that they're going to encounter. And forgive me for sounding like a broken record on this, but I, I really think what EJ said there is if I were head coach of this basketball team, this is what I would stress going in, and that would be composure. And, of course, this leads me once again to talk about officiating. The Suns need to get in a headspace before the playoffs even begin to tell themselves not get into this game. Don't don't get into that game. Play basketball. Focus on the opponent. Focus on playing defense. Don't look to throw yourself onto the floor. Look to move your feet and play tough defense. Stay in the stay locked into that mindset because that mindset I think will help you get in and up and over all the adversity you're going to find. Now there will be there will, there will be other adversity. There will be physicality. There will be tempers that fly. There will be dust ups and altercations. It, it happens every year in the playoffs. We've seen this. The Suns need to brace themselves. And, and this core group, K, KD's already been through this. He's already won championships. He does not need to be reminded about this. And, and I think his demeanor on the court is fabulous. The rest of this crew, uh, they live most of them anyways. Lived a lot of this. Last Last year and even the year before, they should be well prepared now for the mental journey ahead. And they need to be more hardcore than they've been in the past. Yeah. um, The way I can spin this is you look at what Eddie Johnson just said. You listen to it. Expect the unexpected. Well, officiating is not unexpected. It's something that pops up. If you watch the games last night, especially the, the, the Lakers Timberwolves game, which we'll get into in a little bit. There was some real iffy calls there. There was a lot of reaction to whistles on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something you can chalk up to the expected column. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. It, yeah, everything is going to be heightened. And if you could eliminate that, to your point, Vic, if you can eliminate that for the Suns, one less thing to worry about. Now, easier said than done in a lot of cases. If yeah. you feel like you're being victimized, it can and certainly creep in. And we've seen that in the regular season, especially a stretch with the Suns. Toward the end of the year, a three- or four-game stretch where it was extreme to the point where Monty Williams, one of the most mild-mannered coaches in the league, you know, he didn't he didn't break character, but he did get a $20,000 fine for having to talk about the officials, and then we mm-hmm. saw things even out a little bit. But, yeah, that's uh, that's one thing you can expect. Yeah, you know, no, I agree right with that. Now. And I agree with your point on, on Kevin Durant's demeanor, too. Yeah, I think he's, he's fabulous, and they should take a lesson from him. The the rest of the team, I think, has been um, very immature in this in, in this department, and I, I've seen way too many examples in postseason games where somebody in the Suns will think he got fouled and there will not be a whistle. Then they'll go down to the other side of the court, then that player will attack attempt to take a charge out of anger or uh, whatever to test that ref and then he won't get that call either and now the player's in a state of rage 
And th- this is what you avoid. If you're if you're guarding a player, don't just always go to the d- default of trying to take charges. Play defense when the when the opportunity presents itself. Set yourself up, take the charge. Know that in the postseason, you're not always going to even get the obvious charges. That's the level of physicality. So again, I'm just I I just don't want this to be a topic at all. Uh, the Suns were eight and zero with Kevin Durant. I did not hear anybody complaining about one single referee during those eight victories. <laughs> not once. That's true. That's and, and again because I believe this basketball team has what it takes. I believe they've got the pedigree, the experience, the closers. They've got a real shot to win this whole thing. It is funny though because during that stretch of eight games, we heard from other teams talk about the exactly. It's Rudy, a, Rudy Gobert got popped right. for complaining yes. in the Minnesota yeah, game, right? And, and it's just so funny because people heard those and they're like, really? Come on, that's that's our tune. We thought the you officiating was tune. pretty good last night. Right. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's talking about. Get your own song. Yeah. Right, get your own song. <laughs> so, and again, so this isn't just about officiating. It's about mental tenacity. And that's what EJ's talking about, I believe. The ability for this basketball team to brace itself and, and deal with everything that comes at it and say, let's go, bring yeah. more. Keep it, keep it coming. Ish Wainwright uh, of the Suns joined Burns and Gambo yesterday in studio, and he talked about the Suns' demeanor at this point. We're prepared. We're going to be prepared. We have practice tomorrow. Guys are, guys are in the gym. They have been in the gym. No matter if they're like sitting and you know resting and stuff like that, or you know they're in the gym. KD and CP was just in the game, just in the gym. I'm talking about a full fledged workout. Really? Yes. Like today, just yes, now. Just like, today. like just, no, just, just today. today. I worked out. Then they got on the court and worked out. You know, I'm talking about the old. They're whole demeanor, their whole attitude and face race, everything is just different. Like I said, playoff basketball is 10 times different. Yes, and you don't look at the Suns now as, as opposed to two years ago where we going into this journey, we were all like, how are they going to react? They don't have any playoff experience together. How's this going to go? This might be rough. Playoff experience is not a uh, detractor from the Phoenix Suns. They got a ton of it. Yeah, now. they've got a lot now. They've got a lot now. They've they've dealt with some. They've dealt they've dealt with some real stuff. All that stuff they dealt with last year had to be internalized. It had to be processed. They had to have been steeled by it. They've got to be motivated by it. Um, this is this is the year to do it. This is the year to get Chris Paul a ring. This is the year, uh, as Kendrick Perkins said, for KD to stroll into the top ten of all time if he wins a title. This is, uh, you know, at the Al McCoy thing. It just it's just all lining up. This is the time to do it. Yep, and we are giving you a chance to score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Just text the word "ticket" to six twenty six twenty. Register and listen for your name today during the seven o'clock hour. We're going to call one during the noon hour. During the five o'clock hour. That is your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers once again. If you haven't gotten entered, text TICKET to 620-620 and be listening in the 7 o'clock hour today for that first name. Coming up next, Merrill Kelly was on for a while, and then the wheels fell off for the D-backs. The winning streak is over. We'll cover it in D-backs Daily next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs Daily. Brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Not a lot of offense between the D-backs and Brewers for most of the game. You had yourself a good old-fashioned pitcher's duel. In fact, 
Gabriel Moreno's leadoff single in the third, the only hit the Diamondbacks would get for quite some time. Corbin Burns dealing for Milwaukee. Merrill Kelly doing the uh, trick for the Diamondbacks. One, two, and a swing and a miss struck him out. Merrill's got seven Ks, two in the inning. And now with these six shutout innings tonight, the Brewers in this series have gone 15 innings without scoring against Diamondbacks pitching. Call that foreshadowing by Greg, yeah. Greg Schulte. Uh, to lead off the seventh, Willie Adamas comes in to face Merrill Kelly. Next pitch is in the air to center, and he hit it a ton. Back on it goes Thomas looking up. He'll have to play it off the wall, and it's gone. A home run. So Willie Adamas hits his third of the year, giving him eight runs batted. Then the first Brewer hit is a home run, and Milwaukee jumps on top, one nothing. Yeah, one nothing there. The uh, Brewers would add more. In fact, they would add four more in the seventh inning to take a 5 nothing lead. It got uglier in the eighth, thanks to Rowdy Tellez. There's a fly ball to right, down the line, and that's going to go. And into the bullpen area, home run Tellez. That's his second of the year. Milwaukee tacks on a run to make it 6 nothing. It would turn into 7 nothing on a Brasseau home run in the ninth inning. Diamondbacks would get a single run in the ninth on an RBI single from Pavin Smith scoring Cattell Marte. The three-ball, two-strike pitch to Longoria. Here it is. And it's popped up on the infield. Playable for Telez or Caratini. It's Caratini who's got it. This one's over. Milwaukee wins it. 7-1 our final. Yeah, the win streak over at 4-7-1 the finals. Greg Schulte uh, called it there on the D-backs radio network. Um... You know, and it's one of those games where you just have to tip your cap to the starting pitcher. Corbin Burns from Milwaukee, who had not been great in his first two starts. He was really good last night. Tori Lovello acknowledged that. I don't have a lot to say other than, the, other than their starting pitcher was really good. Um, we, we just got to turn the page, spit it out. We've been playing good baseball. I think I expect this team to do that. Um, they've been very resilient. Um, they've been adaptable to any environment, and they're going to come out and give a great effort tomorrow. So that's, that's the focus that I have right now. I like what Sarah said earlier uh, today that if you uh, if you woke up and saw the score, you would have no idea what last night's game looked like. No, none at all. None at all. You would think, oh, okay, they got their hats handed to them. All right, it was the, it was coming. It was coming. Time for a bad night. Yeah. This was actually this was actually in the long run. This game might be filed in the positive column, even though it was fi- also filed in the loss column, and that would be because Merrill Kelly looked real good last night. And he did. so so and this is on the back of Zach Gallen looking really good the day before. So. Um, as Tori said after the game, these guys are 1-2 in the rotation for a reason. And if this is the start of more of this to come from Merrill Kelly, then that's good. Uh, the bad is Miguel Castro got dinged last night for the first time this season. And so we'll see how he, rebo- he rebounds from that. And, and like you said, just move on. Yeah, I mean, uh, tip your cap. I mean, uh, the starting pitching uh, was tremendous. Uh, Lavello talked about it being a great pitcher's duel. Yeah. Uh, he did, I swear. Merrill was fantastic. I think he was going toe-to-toe with Burns. Um, and then maybe had a natural letdown. I don't know. He gave up the solo home run and then a couple of walks. And his pitch count was right in that area where I started to get a little uncomfortable. But it was, it was, a, it was a good game, man. It was a really exciting game. Um, and whoever blinked first was, was going to get sucker punched. And we ended up being that team. But uh, it was a good game for, for a great pitcher's duel for seven-plus innings. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't come out on the right side of it. Maybe apropos of nothing, but the way that game was rolling along, 
you know, I was flipping between the basketball game and the Diamondbacks game. So then you get really torn. You're like, oh, Merrill Kelly's got a no hitter going. Uh uh-huh. How much flipping am I going to have to do? But the first five innings of that game were played in about an hour. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was crazy. You no, know, yeah, I was sitting there watching it, and I, I just, I'm really, really digging this, and it's, it's really funny because, I, and I know you saw this Major League Baseball. There's uh, uh, three beautiful words have returned to Major League Baseball. By the way, it's called eighth inning beers. <laughs> Eighth inning beers used to be shut off in the seventh, right? Because games took so long that people were faced by the seventh inning. And you kind of had to shut the taps off. But now, now, pe- now they got to pe- make their right? money. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, people make are thirsty, right. man. <laughs> right? Wait a and minute. So, if we so, shorten these games, yeah, we can only sell so many $18 that's right. beers. That's right. So there you go. An extra inning to buy beers. <laughs> Still be safe, though, folks. <laughs> Still, that game you know with I, eight runs only you know took two hours and 19 minutes. People always referred to getting beers as let's get a cold one, especially at a ballpark. Uh-huh. Hey, get a cold one. Or two. Or five. Or more. Right? And, and it occurred to me that I think beer was invented about 7,000 B.C., yet we didn't get refrigeration until the mid-1700s. That's a long time with warm beer. That's thousands of years well, of people who had to deal with warm beer. I defer to you, and you are definitely the globetrotter of this show. <laughs> uh huh. Warm beer is still a thing in Europe, correct? I, I don't. And it's not so much a thing in England as it used to be. If you go to pubs in England now, they've got the typical room temperature taps, okay. but they also they have plenty of cold beer. What as about well. Germany? I don't know. Never been. Oh, really? Yeah. I can confirm. The beers are cold in Germany. Are they? Okay, yes. good. And they're very large in Germany. my body is warm after about <laughs> seven of them. <laughs> well, they're big schooners. Hey! <laughs> hey. Yeah, Got right. Got So yes. that's just a random thought. I thought, that's those poor people that live all those thousands of years without cold beer. Yeah, dark ages. <laughs> this sucked, Literally. Right? Yeah, c- completely. Oh. All right, so back to the Diamondbacks. Here, here's the other. Hey, thing. let's go get hey. a warm one. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so eighth inning beers are a thing. Uh, Merrill Kelly was a thing yesterday. Um, Craig Council, I, I saw him in the dugout, and I'm like, wow, he's been managing the Brewers a long time. I saw this morning he became their all-time games manager, leading manager. Yeah, he's got the most wins. That's unbelievable. And, and, and I mean, they've had guys like you. You remember Harvey Keen, Tom Treblehorn, <laughs> Jim Riggleman, Phil Garner. <laughs> I got nothing else. Did you say Treblehorn? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Remember Harvey Keen, the Harvey Harvey's, Harvey's Wallbangers. You remember those teams, Kobe right? Thomas, Cecil Cooper, Sexto Lascano, Rod Young, Paul Molitor. <laughs> So, uh, in case you were wondering, well, had, had Merrill Kelly kept yeah. that going through the seventh, Tori Lavella was asked because the pitch count was getting up there. It's early in the season. He said, "Yeah, we were not going to let him finish the the no hitter if it was intact." I started to get really anxious in the dugout. Pitch counts climbing, and somebody has a no hitter, um, especially in April. Uh, he was not going to throw 125 pitches to throw a no hitter. Um, with everything that we've been through, with with um, losing a starting pitcher already, I just that was not anything I was interested in. So I'd made my mind up um, that I wasn't going to give him that opportunity. But um, he was he was very effective. He had he had he had a lot of things working for him early on. He did. The pitch count was high. There was a lot of uh, you know three ball counts that were going on early on. He ended up in six innings. Merrill Kelly. 98 pitches, 58 for strikes. But I agree with you. Like, you you look at the total line. Yeah. He only gave up one hit. 
Uh, he was charged with three runs, all of them earned, and he walked four. Those are not great numbers. But that was a step forward for Merrill Kelly. It was. And, it, you indeed. know, he was a guy whose spring training was, was affected because he went and pitched for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. So it's it wasn't point. a normal spring good for point. him either. Uh, I, and I have the utmost faith. Like, Merrill Kelly has been about as steady as it gets for the Diamondbacks in that rotation for the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's weird though. It, I just, I keep waiting for Woogie to fall, you know, to kind of, cause he looks like Woogie to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, he does. Dom Wugodowski. <laughs> I, I keep waiting for him to kind of fall off and be mediocre, and he's he's been really, really good. And it's really, with him, it's really his control. His control has got to be locked in. And, and if, if last night was the sign of things to come, that's going to be good for this baseball team. So a getaway, not a getaway day, but the, um, game three of the series today, Right, it day is game. Getaway day. Okay, this yeah. getaway day. Twelve forty. Okay, so uh, this is one of those tricky deals where you you, you want to, and that's I believe why Tori Lavello shut the book and didn't even want to talk about last night's game. As yeah. somebody used to cover baseball, this is a, a recurring drill. If you've got a day game after a night game and you lose, it, zero time spent reflecting, talking. It, they need to come out focused. They've done that fairly well recently. They need to see what they can do to win this series. Keep this thing, keep this momentum going in the right direction. Yeah, and interesting too. Dre Jameson on the mound for his first start of the oh, year yeah. against Jansen Junk. Uh, Twelve forty is the first Junk. pitch. Isn't that a great name? Jansen and by the Junk. way, we will have uh, D-backs manager Tori Lavello on the program today. He will join us at nine thirty ahead of that afternoon game. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, yep, the Lakers are in the playoffs as the seven seed, and man, they look like the favorites to me. <laughs> We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. LeBron out near half court. Ten seconds remaining in a tie game. LeBron makes his move. Seven seconds. LeBron driving to the rim. Gets outside. Schroeder for the win. Kenny Schroeder for three. One point four to go. John Ireland on the call on 710 ESPN Radio in L.A. Not for the win. It should have been for the win if the Lakers were able to play defense for 1.4 seconds. They weren't. (laughs) One of the most boneheaded fouls you'll ever see. Committed you, by Anthony Davis. But you know what? It led to one of the scenes that I absolutely adore in basketball. When a free throw shooter has to make two or three to tie a game at the uh-huh. very end. Uh-huh. And the guys that do it, you just have instant renewed respect for. The yes. guys who can make all the shots. And Mike Conley kind of was pressure. that guy. Yes. And the yes. first one was about as shaky as it got. <laughs> he got a lot of rim on it. Uh-huh. But he forced overtime. The uh-huh. Lakers go on to win that game. And they move into the playoffs with... Uh, in my opinion, a very unimpressive victory. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we talked so much about Minnesota. We had Chris Hine on from the Star Tribune yesterday, kind of pinpointing and, and illustrating all of the, dis- the dysfunction with the Timberwolves. And they were so shorthanded last night. And a couple of their key players didn't really show up to play in that game. And they controlled mm-hmm. the action for three quarters of that game. Then they go scoreless for over six, six minutes. And, uh, you know, have to settle for, for overtime after those Conley free throws. But I walked away highly unimpressed with the Los Angeles Lakers again. And, you know, m- imagine my surprise when I'm getting ready for the show today and 
the ESPN's morning shows on KJM and and Max Kellerman is still you know on his soapbox saying I believe the Lakers can win the title this year. Like, yeah. did you watch that game last Listen, night? Listen, I I this is such a sore point with me as somebody who saw this all throughout the back half of the season. The fixation with the national shows and the Los Angeles mm. Lakers makes me want to vomit. It is I, I, it's nauseating. It's not deserved. It's not backed up by uh, you know they had a struggle to make the playoffs. You would have never known that, judging by the the amount of coverage they were given. It's because LeBron is such a polarizing figure. There's people who love him and there's people who absolutely hate him, and it's and it's it's gone well beyond basketball. And I think that's why they continue to play that card. I wonder what they're going to do when the Grizzlies eliminate the Lakers. How will they continue to talk to the, about the Lakers on a daily basis? They will find a way. I guarantee we'll find a way. Yeah. Who's the scapegoat? Yeah. Who's the scapegoat? Who's the reason why right. the Lakers Who, didn't win the title will, this will, year? Will LeBron end up trading? It, it's it's really, it's ridiculous. And I, I understand Suns fans when you get sick of it, because so do I. And for people who've um, had to live with this for much longer than I have, yeah. Well, the I, praise I do think that the Lakers, they were giving Rob Palinka on the on that broadcast, too, last night about the great look, job he did. At the, they started playing basketball again, and they got their two superstars healthy. Right. And nobody knew it. They didn't. They didn't know what they were going to get out of this Austin Reeves kid. That's the, that was to me a complete surprise ah, to them. Gravy. It's gravy, right? And and, and it's just here. Here's the thing that I don't like about. I, there's a lot that I don't like about LeBron James. I don't hate him for political reasons, but there's a lot I don't like about him as a basketball player. The putting the crown on his head for a team that finished four games over 500. LeBron has fashioned this to be one of his ultimate triumphs, to take this season that was circling the drain and somehow save it. You didn't save anything. You won a playing game last night. And so so this, this self Adulation based on very, very minuscule achievements to me is a guy looking to crown himself. Um, even after last night's game, the first thing LeBron could talk about was how AD cost him a game-winning shot. <laughs> well, he kind of did. No, he kind of did. I mean, the but I do have to give the Lakers credit for the synchronized pose after the Dennis Schroeder three. That was impressive. Yeah. It brought back the... Uh, the memories of them clowning on the Suns in Game Three of that playoff series back in 2021, did it not? Yes. And then all they yes. had to do was play defense yeah. for 1.4 seconds, and <laughs> they couldn't even do that. Yeah. Uh, here's LeBron James about the uh, season turnaround. We went two and ten. Um, <clears throat> the uh, analytics side said we had a 0.3 chance of making the postseason. So. Um, you know, that's all you ask for is a chance, I guess. And uh, you know, for us to turn around our season and uh, give ourselves an opportunity to uh, compete for the Larry O'Brien Trophy, that's all you can ask for. <laughs> okay, so uh, it, and, and everybody maybe, counted us out. Well, that's the whole thing, and, and maybe they will, but I, I don't know why they're taking this attitude like they are. But I, I guess it's because of maybe the they know something. Maybe they know they're getting boosted by the league. They needed Look, can... a three-point shot from Dennis Schroeder to beat a team that didn't have Rudy Gobert or or Jaden McDaniels. Really, Bick? I, 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 well, I'm hesitant to go here, but the way that fourth quarter started, and when did the Lakers reach the bonus? With about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That can really get a team going, especially when they're shooting free throws well. Uh-huh. And, the, and the differential wasn't great. Yeah. But the flow and the preponderance of the calls went 
LA's way. Minnesota didn't get into the bonus until very late in the fourth quarter, which was instrumental for a team that couldn't put the ball in the basket for a good stretch of the fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know, listen, and and I have heard that before. That is that is the tactic that if you as a referee did want to influence the outcome of a game, you put the team that you want to win in position, you put the other team in the or the put the team you want to win in the bonus, yeah. like you just said. Yeah, let them get back in the game at the line. Exactly, because then every whistle that blows, it's free throw time. And so, yeah, I'm kind of with you on this. I I generally don't uh, go down this rabbit hole much, but there's just so much about this team and the coverage of this team that just bugs me, and it's just. You know, but now on the flip side. Oh, Rob Palinka, you're so great. You signed Shaq Harrison and Tristan Thompson for the playoff run. Okay, that Rui Hachimura trade. Yeah, right. Good luck with that. Um, Minnesota's got a game left, at least one. They got a home game Friday night against New Orleans or Oklahoma City. What do they do now with Rudy Gobert? The one game suspension. The suspension is over. Mm-hmm. I thought they played well enough to win last night. If, again, if Anthony Edwards shows up to any degree at all, and he was pretty banged up, but he was pretty awful. I thought Carl Anthony Towns was great for three quarters and mm-hmm. then faded, as he's been you know, known to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially if it's Oklahoma City, who doesn't really have a traditional center, are you rushing Rudy Gobert back? Is he going to play a major role for you? I Just from a, you know, a body and availability standpoint, it makes sense to bring him back. From, from a matchup standpoint, it might not. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they need him, and I don't think he's much of a player. I, I thought they would need him primarily against AD last night, but it it's, to me, I don't know what they do about it, but it it's, they're back to being exactly what they thought they are. They're just a goofy basketball team. They just are. <laughs> they I, are. They just are. And that's even after trading yeah. D'Angelo Russell. No. Who showed no. up big last night. Uh, yeah, longer. yeah. So so this is, yeah, real big. So this is kind of, it's it's all begun, folks. The wild ride has begun. Yeah, that's one way to put it. The uh, Suns are back at the playoffs, and we're giving you the chance to score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets, just text TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today in the 7 a.m. Noon and 5 p.m. hours for your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers. That's ticket to 620-620. Coming up next, yeah, football season uh, unofficially getting underway. Cardinals uh, in their Tempe training facility for strength and conditioning. And an address from their new head coach, Jonathan Gannon. We'll get into some of the headlines from that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.